Where would we be without the blood of Jesus? <laughs> Praise God for his grace, his goodness, and his love. Uh, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 17. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 17. <clears throat> Moses had recently died, and Joshua was now to take over the reins, and he was to lead the people into the promised land. And God appears to, to Joshua. He sends uh, the angel uh, that speaks with him and says, Listen, be strong and courageous. Uh, you have a task before you, and I want you to know that God is going with you, that God is for you, and you can trust God to help carry you through this time that you are going to face. Uh, so you put your trust in God. You keep going. Uh, yes, there will be war. Yes, there will be hostility. But I want you to know that God is with you. And if God is with you, who can be against you? I want you to know that there is some hostility out in the world. Uh, now, we're not to, to uh, focus on that hostility. We're to love people and try to reach them with the gospel. But there is a hostility that is there. And sometimes uh, the hostility of the world can get to God's people. Uh, I, I know uh, in times past, I, I remember one case. I, uh, I had gone and I had uh, talked to this fellow in the parking lot. He was a parking lot attendant and uh, had begun to talk to him about Jesus. And he got irate with me and uh, just was just ugly and nasty. And I, I, I told him, I said, hey, I don't, you know, I don't know you. You're not coming to my church. I, I, you know, I'm just trying to do this because I care. And uh, uh, but, you know, it, it bothered me. It bothered me. I struggled with it because uh, I was doing the work of God, but there was this hostility that met me in the doing of God's work. And uh, that's not the case most of the time, but uh, sometimes it is. And it seems like in our culture that it is more and more the case that people are not just neutrally uh, against Christianity, but there is a hostility that is there as well. Uh, and we as God's people need to know how to deal with that. Uh, Paul is writing to the Philippians, and he's saying, Look, I'm writing to you, and I'm weeping as I write these words. Uh, I am grieved in my heart. I see the enemies of the cross of Christ. But he says, I want you to know something. Though there are enemies of the cross of Christ, we can still continue doing God's work. And as we read through this scripture, you're going to see uh, these, these encouragements that he's giving them. They're all in a, in a present tense. The idea is you keep, you keep going. You keep doing these things for the Lord Jesus Christ, even though there is hostility. You keep going in serving the Lord. And so we need to do that. And we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the title of my message is Overcoming in a Hostile World. And so look with me at uh, verse, uh, actually verse 12, no, look at verse, uh, I'm sorry, verse 17 uh, here in chapter 3 of Philippians. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example that you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ, their end is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is in their shame. They are focused on earthly things, 
But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of His glorious body by the power that enables Him to subject everything to Himself. So then, my dearly beloved and longed-for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown, in this manner, stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. And I urge you, Odia, and I urge Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So overcoming in a hostile world, how do we do that? Well, first of all, we need to keep walking, to keep walking. Uh, The scripture uses the word here, and I think my translation translates it live this way, but it's literally in the Greek, it's walk this way. And the, the scripture uses the illustration of walking as an example of how to to live the Christian life. What do you do when you walk? You put one foot in front of the other, right? One foot in front of the other. Don't worry, I'm not going to walk off the stage. Uh, but um, uh, we need to keep walking. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other and serving God. He says in this verse, live according to the example that you have in us. I am so grateful for godly saints of the past that uh, have had an impact in my life. And I think of my parents, and there's been some in this body of believers also who have been an an inspiration to me. And I've seen how the perseverance uh, continues through the thick and the thin, through the good and the bad, through good health and bad health. I had uh, two ladies in a previous church, and some of you have shared the same kinds of things with me. Uh, she said, "She said, Pastor, it takes me three hours to get ready for church on Sunday morning because of the pain I'm experiencing in my leg. But you know what? She's not going to quit. She keeps putting one foot right in the other and right in front of the other. She keeps going. She keeps walking. Why? Because she loves Jesus. She's not going to stop. Listen, I'm going to tell you, whatever this world has to dish out, we need to keep walking. Keep putting one foot right in front of the other. Keep serving Jesus. Keep persevering in your work for Jesus Christ. Um, I love the fact that uh, Paul is transparent with us. He tells us in one place, he said, we despaired even of life. We were so discouraged. But, But did they stop? No, they kept going. They kept going. And he said, you know what we found? We found there's somebody who can comfort us. There's somebody who can lift us up when we're broken. And his name is Jesus Christ. You keep walking. You keep seeking God. You keep living for him. And we will overcome. We've read the last page, haven't we? We win. Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign. So overcoming in a hostile world, how do you do it? Keep walking. Secondly, keep hoping. Look at verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly wait 
for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. We eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I want you to know, um, we have a great hope as Christians. Um, I had a, a friend in Texas who, uh, uh, usually when I would ask him how he was doing, he'd say, this is the best day I've ever lived. I'm one day closer to Jesus coming. I want to tell you, that fires me up. I'm one day closer to Jesus coming. Listen, Jesus could interrupt my message right now. Wouldn't that be great? All of us would go on a ride. Behold, I don't know if there'd be holes in the roof. That'd be interesting to see. Um, uh, we'd go on a ride. And wouldn't it be great? And in one instant, everything would change. No sickness, no crying, no pain, no heartache, no grief, no death. Forever. Jesus is coming. Keep hoping. Keep lifting your eyes. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. When you're discouraged, one of the greatest things you can do is think about the coming of Jesus. Uh, I've seen that. At, uh, I can remember times in, uh, where my dad shared with me when he was struggling. Listen, you know, I'm, just, I'm, so, I'm so eager to be home with Jesus. I'm so, uh, my eyes are looking upward. I'm so eager uh, to, to see Jesus, and, um, and, and it sustained him. And I can't tell you how many times that I've talked to, to uh, someone who's discouraged, and, and I'll mention the things about Jesus coming, and you can just see their countenance change. There's something about Keep hoping in Jesus. Keep your eyes lifted up because Jesus is coming. Whatever you're having to put up with today, praise God, you won't have to put up with it forever. Amen? Jesus is coming. So overcoming in a hostile world, how do you do it? Well, keep walking, keep hoping. Thirdly, keep standing. Keep standing. Verse 1 of chapter 4 says, So then, dearly loved and longed for, brothers and sisters, my joy and crown in this manner, stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. Listen, you and I are in a battle and sometimes in a battle, you've just got to stand your ground. Our struggle is not ultimately against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. And you stand. How do you stand? Well, you stand in the power of Jesus Christ. You can't stand in your own strength. Uh, but he says, so stand. Having done all to stand in Ephesians, uh, you and I can do that in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you stand? Well, in, 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 uh, in this world, sometimes you have to stand for your personal commitment to Jesus Christ. I can remember my dad telling me, you know, if when, when somebody offers you drugs or alcohol, this is what you say. Well, uh, thank you for inviting me or thank you, you know, for, to the party or thank you for uh, your offer, but uh, I'm a Christian and I feel like Christ doesn't want me to do that. And so, you know, if you're a teenager, you're going to be faced with that at some point. Uh, I knew what I was going to say. So sometimes you've got to take a stand. Or, or uh, perhaps you're being pressured to, to uh, compromise in your business practice or to cheat in some way. Um, and you say, well, no, I, I, I follow Christ. I, I, I feel like I need to to do things this way because I follow Christ and I want to honor Him with my life. 
Sometimes you've got to stand personally. Um, listen, I'm going to tell you something. We're going to have to stand for our kids in this culture. Uh, our kids are under attack. I, I hear things constantly about what's happening, and praise God, not so much here as in other places, but uh, things that are happening in the schools of our land are just, uh, just wicked. And, and we'll have to stand for our children, I think. And we're going to have to stand for the things of God. Listen, there are people who are trying to shut up the people of God. They don't want you talking about Jesus. They don't want you praying in a public place. I heard uh, Tony Evans uh, this past week, and he, he, he had been invited to pray for the city council where he lives. And uh, they said, now, you, you know, when you pray, don't mention the name of Jesus because that might offend somebody. And so he got up to pray, and he said, uh, Dear Lord, he said, uh, This city council has invited me to pray over them. And uh, Lord, I thank you that our help comes from Jesus Christ. Thank you that Jesus Christ created every one of these council members that's here, and that Jesus Christ is the one that will bring the wisdom that they need. And he just goes on and on, in Jesus' name, amen. He said, the moral of the story is, if you don't want me to talk about Jesus, don't invite me to pray. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to stand for the things of God and do what is right, even when it is unpopular to do so. Uh, I'd rather have God's approval and be rejected by men than be rejected by God and have man's approval. So keep walking. How do you overcome in a hostile world? Keep walking. Keep hoping. Keep standing. Keep helping. Verses 2 and 3. I urge Yodi and I urge Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Apparently there's a disagreement between the two of them. He said, yes, also I ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended with the go- at, uh, for the gospel at my side. Uh, so he's encouraging help. Uh, listen, sometimes we need help, don't we? Sometimes you need help. Sometimes I need help. Uh, we might need help physically, right, uh, to lift something. Or we might need help spiritually. We might need prayer. Uh, praise God that, you know, we come together and we can pray for each other as we come together here today. We've taken time to, to pray over an individual or to, uh, and I've, I've known several times this has happened in our Sunday school classes where the whole class, the lesson is set aside, and there's just ministry to that person in that class as we're helping that brother or sister in Christ, and we're lifting them up before the throne of God. Uh, sometimes you need help emotionally. You need somebody to listen, uh, perhaps providing a word of encouragement. But we need, the, we're a body for a reason, right? We're not uh, lone rangers. God has put us in a body of believers so that we can benefit from that, but also so that we can bring benefit to others. And he's given us all unique gifts to do that. And so uh, we need to continue to help the people of God. Um, my grandmother, used to, or my great-grandmother used to say, um, if you're ever discouraged, go help somebody else. Isn't that a great thought? If you go and you'll help somebody else, it'll change your attitude. Keep helping. Listen, there's something about it. I, I don't know. I, sometimes I'll get discouraged or I'll get, you know, out of sorts <laughs> spiritually. And, uh, and I'll go and I'll minister to somebody. And it, 
it changes my attitude. And so uh, keep helping. Keep doing the work of God. You know what I love? I love the fact that God's people uh, in the time uh, in which Paul lived, you know, Paul's writing this letter from prison. They're helping him out. They're going to prison. Uh, you know, they're, they're risking their own problems by going and associating with Paul who's in jail because the authorities don't like what he's doing. But they're continuing to help. So you're not going to stop us from helping. <laughs> you're not going to stop us from, from doing what is right. Listen, don't you let this world discourage you from serving Christ. You keep serving Christ. You keep doing it for the glory of God. If nobody appreciates it, Christ will appreciate it. And you'll be rewarded. Listen, I, I want to tell you something. God still is using his people. He is still working and moving among his people. And uh, it, what, a, what, a, what a joy to know that. Uh, keep on helping. So um, how do you overcome in a hostile world? Keep walking. Keep hoping. Keep standing. Keep helping. Keep rejoicing. Uh, chapter 4, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Rejoice in the Lord when you're in the mood. Is that No. Rejoice in the Lord always. It's a choice that we make. Did you know no matter what is going on in your life, you can make a choice to praise God? You can make a choice to thank God. You can make a choice to, to look up and refocus your attention on the Lord and what he's done. Um, you know, I think Thanksgiving is so powerful because what it does is it causes us to look back and see the answered prayer that, that God has brought about in our life and the things that God has done, the things he's delivered us from. And as you go and you begin to thank God and you begin, or you begin to meditate on the, the character of God and who he is and, and you're praising him, Lord, I thank you that you're faithful. Lord, on all of this that I see going around, you are still faithful. You are still the same God you've always been. You don't change. I thank you for your perfect righteousness. Isn't it refreshing to have a righteous God in a wicked world? Listen, I want to tell you something. We, we still have a God that has not changed. The culture may change, but God doesn't change. And we can rejoice. What about God's love? The unconditional love of our God. How great a God do we have that he would love us despite our sin? Where sin abounds, there does grace much more abound? Listen, I can't explain that. I have a hard time believing it sometimes. I have to ask God, Lord, help me put my faith and my trust in what you're saying here. But it's true. God loves us that way. What an amazing God. And as you begin to rejoice in the Lord and who he is and what he has done. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's hard to stay discouraged when you're doing that. What happens? You, you refocus off what's going on around you. Onto Jesus Christ, and your whole perspective changes. So keep rejoicing, uh, whatever circumstances you find yourself in, and it will help you overcome. Um, <clears throat> by the way, before I leave that topic, did you know that the Bible associates wor uh, worship with spiritual warfare? Jehoshaphat, one of the Old Testament kings uh, of Judah. 
had some opposing forces coming against him. And so what did he do? God told him to put the singers in front. Now, that's not good military strategy, right? Uh, I used to be uh, in music, and so uh, I remember, uh, you know, I, wouldn't, I would never put the music guys in the front, right? Um, but that's what God told him to do. Why? He says, I want them to sing praises to me. And you know what God did? As they began to go out to battle and the singers were going in front, before they ever began to engage in the battle, God threw their enemies into confusion. They began to kill each other. Why? Because praise was taking place and the spiritual war was being fought and they didn't have to lift a finger. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. As you praise God in the thick and the thin, God will work in your circumstances. He will work in your heart and he will work on your behalf. So keep rejoicing. Keep rejoicing. So uh, overcoming in a hostile world, how do you do it? Keep walking, keep hoping, keep standing, keep helping, keep rejoicing, keep loving. Verse 5, let your graciousness be known to everyone. Literally, the word there in Greek is gentleness. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. And gentleness is an expression of love. What what is Paul saying? We've got these folks that are, that are enemies of the cross of Christ. The word enemies, it, it reflects a hostility that's there. They're hostile toward us, but we'll be hostile back. Is that what he says? No. Let your gentleness be known to all. Why? Because it comes from a heart of love. You see, we're called to love our enemies. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have accountability. That doesn't mean you don't act wisely. Um, forgiveness is a canceling of a debt. It doesn't mean you let folks do whatever they want to do. But we can make a choice to be gentle with people who are hostile to us. I have a friend named Johnny who's a pastor in Texas, and uh, he told me a story one time. He was a staff member at a church, and he saw this guy come in, and, and, and this guy just... I mean, he was rude and ugly and disrespectful to his pastor. Johnny, Johnny said, he said, it made me so mad I wanted to go over there and clean his clock. He said, I was furious. He said, but the pastor was just, just being gentle with the man. He was, he was saying, well, I see what you're saying, you know, and I, you know just being gentle with him. And, and finally, the man left, and, and Johnny went in there and he said, he said, why in the world do you let that guy treat you that way? He said, you just give me the word. I'll take care of it. And uh, he, he said, no. He said, no, we're not going to do that. You know what Johnny told me? He said, he said, a couple of months later, God had totally changed this man's heart toward my pastor. He became his greatest ally. You see, he loved him. There's power in that. Listen. Now, I'm not saying everybody that you love that's an enemy will become your greatest ally. I'm not saying that. Sometimes that will happen. Many times it won't. But we as God's people are called to love, and there's a power in it, and God will use it if we'll keep loving people. Don't let yourself become so cynical and jaded and bitter that all you can think about is what people have done in the past to wrong you. As God's people, we are called to forgive. And that's a canceling of a debt. Uh, and, and so you, you cancel that debt, you move on. Aren't you glad God canceled your debt? Praise God. All my sin, past, present, future, was nailed to Jesus' cross. 
He died for it. He took the wrath of God for it. He satisfied the justice of God in my place and said, it is finished. Paid in full. Can I tell you something? God doesn't bring it up to me when I, when I come to him in prayer. He didn't say, Roger, you remember that time you blew it over here uh, and, you know, it's such and such a date. And listen, you know, some, some people are historians, right? Every time you see them, they will bring up your history. You remember when you did such and so? praise God, uh, God doesn't do that. And we're called as God's people to forgive and to move on. Now, sometimes as you forgive somebody, the relationship will be, be restored. Sometimes you forgive somebody and it will never be restored. That's not your business. Your business is to cancel the debt and to move on and keep doing the work of God, keep loving people. Don't be focused on all the wrongs people have done you or you'll live a bitter, miserable life. Focus on Jesus and love people, and you'll have joy. Uh, it's amazing what God can do in our hearts when we're focused on Him. So overcoming in a hostile world, how do you do it? Keep walking, keep hoping, keep standing, keep helping, keep rejoicing, keep loving, and keep praying. Keep praying. Look at verse 6 of chapter 4. Don't worry about anything, but in everything. What? In everything? Can I pray about my relationship with my kids? What, what about my marriage? Yes. What about my church? Yes. What about my workplace? Yes. I used to pray all the time when I was a mechanic. I'd be scratching. I wasn't the greatest mechanic in the world. I'd scratch my head. And I, Lord, I'm not sure what to do with this, but would you help me? And, uh, and can I tell you, it, it was funny. I, things that occurred to me, oh, yeah, okay, here we go. And so, uh, listen, in everything, with prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Lay the burden upon Him. Did you know God's shoulders are big enough to handle it? I don't care what hostility. Listen. Some of our Christian brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing a lot greater hostility than we have ever experienced. They're being jailed, as Paul is here, as he writes these words. Paul was in jail. Uh, They're they're being murdered. Some of them are being sold into slavery. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of hostility out there towards the things and the people of God, but I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is greater than all of it. He can sustain his people through it. Uh, I love that scripture in Corinthians where it talks about we were cast down, but we weren't destroyed. <laughs> Listen, I, I want you to know, you may be cast down in this life. You may fall. You may struggle. But you can always bring your struggles to Jesus. You can always bring your failure to Jesus. You can always bring your brokenness to Jesus. And can I tell you something? He, he has so much power. And he knows exactly how to minister to us, lift us up, and bring his peace. You throw that burden on the Lord Jesus Christ as you pray. Uh, You thank him for the good things he's done, and God sends his peace. Usually for me, it's kind of a a circular process, okay? uh, If I'm really concerned about something, 
uh, I'll be, I'll pray about it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm worried and I'm, I'm not, I don't have any peace. I'm worried, right? I'm just, you know. Um, I say, okay, God, here's, here's my concerns, you know. But I thank you that you've answered my prayer in the past and that you've, you've, you've been there for me. But God, I've got this thing. I've, blah, 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 blah. Here's what's going on. But God, I thank you that you haven't changed. But God, I still have this, you know, <laughs> and, and I'll go through that probably, I don't know, three to five times sometimes if I'm really uh, distraught about something before the peace comes. But then the peace of God comes. And I, my eyes shift from myself and my problems to the Lord. And there's a peace that passes understanding. Listen, don't quit praying. We've seen God do a lot of things through prayer in this church. He's brought healing. He's saved people that nobody thought would be saved. Uh, he has restored relationships. He's dealt with problems of false doctrine. Uh, God's, God's done a lot of things in this church through the power of prayer. And he still works through prayer. Um, you have not because you ask not. Don't be overcome by the hostility of this world. Keep praying. What about Peter, right? Uh, they've just killed James, one of the twelve. Herod has him killed, and the, Jews, the Jewish people as a whole, or the leadership anyway, uh, liked the fact that he killed him. So he thought, well, this is making me politically popular. I think I'll arrest another apostle. And so he arrests Peter, plans to have him put to death, and he's got all these soldiers chained to Peter. To make sure that he's secure until the execution can be carried out. But the church was praying. They're having this fervent prayer meeting and God sends a mighty angel. And the doors of the prison open up and the angel walks through there and says, Wake up, Peter. Peter's having a good sound sleep. Uh, the chains just fall off. And he walks with the angel. He thinks he's having a vision. He walks through all the doors. And finally, they're out in the street, and the angel disappears. And he's standing there. I, I kind of imagine him doing this. Um, <clears throat> he realizes that God has sent his angel to deliver him. So he goes to the house where they're praying. And Rhoda comes to the door. She's so excited, she forgets to let Peter in. <laughs> she runs back, and she says, Peter's out there. What? He's in jail. I know we're praying for him to be let out of jail, and, but Peter's not out there. Right? They're talking about not. They didn't have very much faith, did they? No, I'm telling you, he's out there. And so they go out, and there's Peter standing. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing God can't handle. Ask Daniel. He was in the lion's den. Those lions, they were salivating. Their, their, their stomachs were growling. They were looking Daniel over and saying, boy, he looks pretty good. And, uh, I mean, they, they, but the angels shut the lion's mouths. They couldn't touch him. Matter of fact, they worked up such an appetite that after they took Daniel out of the, the lion's den and threw his enemies into the lion's den, the Bible says that they crushed their bones before they even hit the bottom of the pit. Okay, they've been hungry all night. They were frustrated and ticked off. And they took care of Daniel's enemies quickly. There's nothing God can't handle. Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> they're, 
We will not bow to this idol. Nebuchadnezzar says, well, I'm going to give you another chance. You can bow down when the music plays to this idol, or I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. We will not bow. Our God's able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we will not bow. Nebuchadnezzar's furious. Heat up that furnace seven times hotter. He gets several of his really stout Babylonian soldiers. Take these guys and throw them in that furnace. So they have them tied up and they throw them into this furnace. The furnace is so hot that it kills the guards that are putting them in the furnace. And then Nebuchadnezzar does a double take. Didn't we throw three men in? I see four. And one is like a son of the gods. Can I tell you something? If Jesus Christ is walking with you, there's nothing he can't do. (laughs) Call upon his name. And if you suffer for his sake, he'll reward you. But he just might deliver you. If If you do suffer, he will sustain you through the suffering. How to overcome in a hostile world. Keep walking, keep hoping, keep standing, keep helping, keep rejoicing, keep loving, and keep praying. And if you don't know Jesus, you need to give your life to him. This world is a hostile world. It's an unkind world. But praise God, we, we have a, a, a Savior who has come to pay a price at Calvary. He took our sin upon himself. He paid the price in full. He rose from the dead. And the Bible says because of what he's done, God will cancel our sin debt. He'll change us on the inside. He'll send his Holy Spirit to come live within us. He'll give us heaven. Uh, as a sure promise if we'll put our trust in Jesus Christ. He calls us to make a decision to repent of our sin, that is, to make a choice to turn by faith to follow Jesus, from our sin in our own way to follow Jesus and to receive that gift of eternal life. If that's what you need to do today, I want to tell you there's no better way to deal with a hostile world than to have Jesus walking with you. If you know Jesus, then we've been talking about the things you need to do to face a hostile world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask, Lord, that you would bless your word and help us uh, to overcome, Lord, despite whatever hostile